It's Tuesday, January 30th. I am in Mount Pleasant, Iowa at the Henry County Courthouse and the Board of Supervisors meeting is today at 10 a.m. We're going to go inside and uh, hear what they have to say, what the citizens of Henry County have to say, and what the company that's going to bring a windmill farm to Henry County has to say. It's all on Southeast Iowa Today, brought to you by Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident. Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix, clean, and customize it. McDonald Boneyard of Kyoto, Iowa, for all of your farm equipment and auto recycling needs. Hinshaw Trailer Sales. You need a trailer, they've got your trailer, and they fix what they sell and don't in their full-time repair shop. They're in Richland. Check them out. Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna, Aaron's, and Gravely dealer. He also sells Husqvarna snowblowers, and he fixes all makes and models. B&B Propane and the family of Jet Stops present Southeast Iowa Today. I'm John Bain, author of Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On, and your host. Let's get inside. It's a little chilly out here. Article 11-2-11-3, Alternate Energy Overlay District. I would entertain a motion to go into public hearing. There's a motion. Is there a second? There is a second. There's a motion and a second on the floor. Any discussion? Hearing none, we are now in public hearing. Thank you. And for those, for those of you here and can hear me, uh, I'm going to read the proposed ordinance, although this is not officially the first reading. I just want to make everyone that is here aware of. So it's a public hearing, and the public hearing allows for comments to come from the public. And I feel with the number of people that are in attendance today, even though this is not an official reading of the ordinance that is not scheduled yet, I am going to read. So you're going to have to bear with me. Uh, it's quite lengthy. An ordinance to amend Chapter 2, Zoning Ordinance of the Henry County Code of Ordinances, adopted May the 9th, 1961, modifying Section 6-2-11-3 through 11-6, Alternate Energy Overlay District, amending the Henry County Ordinance in Book 262 at page 1. Be it ordained by the Board of Supervisors of Henry County, Iowa, as follows. Article 1, Section Modified, Title 6, Chapter 2, Article 11-2 through 11-6 shall be repealed entirely and replaced by the following. 6-2-11-2, Alternate Energy Overlay District. Parentheses A, Statement of Intent. The purpose of this section is to facilitate the construction, installation, and operation of facilities designed to generate energy from alternate sources to include commercial solar energy systems and commercial wind energy conversion systems in Henry County in a manner that promotes economic development, protects property values, and ensures the protection of health, safety, and welfare while those avoiding adverse impacts to important areas such as agricultural lands, conservation lands, and other sensitive lands. This section does not repeal abrogate, annul, impair, or interfere with any existing ordinance. One, inform 
information required to apply to rezone or alternate to alternate energy overlay district. A, a written summary of the project, including a general description of the property and its appropriate general generating capacity. B, the names, addresses, and phone numbers of the owner and CSES or CWECS, which is referenced back to the Commercial Solar Energy Systems acronym or initials and Commercial Wind Energy Conversion Systems. B, uh, C, the interconnection agreement or the proposed form thereof if an interconnection agreement has not yet been executed. D, a site plan of the CSES or the CWES, CS site showing. One, boundaries of the site. Two, all proposed CSES or CWECS structures indicating the footprint of each structure and the height of the CSES measured to the top of the structure at maximum tilt and the CWECS measured from the tower base to the highest reach of the rotor tip. Three, property lines. Four, setback measurements. Five, location of all existing structures within the project area with their uses identified and an existing structure within 300 feet of the project area with their uses identified to include utility lines, telephone lines, or any other lines, both above and below ground within the property lines or a radius, radius of 200% of the tower height, whichever is greater. Six, topographical lines, uh, two-foot contours, and seven, flood, floodplain location if applicable. Eight, location of all known communication towers facilities within two miles of the proposed CWECS. Nine, description of potential impacts on all nearby CSES CWECS and non-CWECS and wind resources on adjacent, adjacent properties. 10. Identification of significant migratory patterns and nesting areas for birds within two miles of the CWECS projects. 3. An acoustical analysis for CWECS. 2. Documentation of notification of the following agencies. A, any reports from the agencies below are to be provided to the county 30 days prior to the first Planning and Zoning Commission public hearing on such matters. If nothing is received from the reviewing agencies within 120 days following a request to such agency, the permitting process will continue without such reports. For the purposes of this section, it is recommended that any issues be addressed prior to the public hearing. These agencies are the Federal Aviation, Administration, the Federal Corps of Arm, excuse me, Army Corps of Engineers, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, U.S. Bureau of Land Management, Iowa Department of Transportation, Iowa Department of Natural Resources, Iowa Utilities Board, Henry County Engineer's Office, Local EMS Fire and Rescue, Mount Pleasant Airport. If any portion of this project intersects areas defined by the local airport zoning ordinance, six two eleven three. At that point, I mean, I'm asking, do you think we ought to give people a chance to address things up to this point? No, I'm going to read the whole ordinance and then we'll take then go back to it. We'll okay. take questions from the public. C-2-11-3, requirements for commercial solar energy systems within the alternate energy overlay district. One, general requirements for CSES. Height shall not exceed 15 feet at maximum tilt of the solar panel. B, setbacks. 
One, the front yard setback shall be a minimum of 50 feet from the edge of the right of way, which forms the outside perimeter of the CSES project area and 100 feet from the residence that is part of the CSES project area. The Board of Adjustment may grant an exception to the setback requirement if the proposed or existing buffer is sufficient to screen the project from viewing of adjoining property or public right-of-way if the owners of the adjoining properties agree in writing to waive these setback requirements. Two, in the case of a CSES to be built on more than one parcel and parcels are abutting, a zero-side or rear setback shall be permitted to the property line in common with the abutting parcels. Three, solar panels shall be at least 100, excuse me, at least 300 feet from the residence, from a residence that is not part of the CSES project area. The Board of Adjustment may grant an exception to the setback requirement if the proposed or existing buffer is sufficient to screen the project from viewing of adjoining property or public right-of-way if the owners of the adjoining properties agree in writing to waive these setback requirements. Four. Solar panels shall be at least 80 feet from the state right-of-way and at least 60 feet from the county right-of-way. Uh, C, screening. A landscape buffer may be required to be installed and maintained during the life of the operation. Determination of screening requirements will be made by the Board of Supervisors as part of the review and approval process and will be based on adjacent or nearby surrounding land uses and topography. D, fencing. A security fence of at least six feet in height, but no greater than eight feet, shall enclose the CSES to restrict access to public. Lighting. If lighting is provided for the CSES, lighting shall be shielded and downcast such that the light does not project directly onto the adjacent parcels. F. Noise. Noise levels caused by the CSES measured at the property line shall not exceed 60 decibels when located adjacent to the existing residential residence or residential district. G, installation and design. The CSES shall be designed and located in such a fashion as to prevent glare toward any inhabited buildings or adjacent properties as well as adjacent roadways. H, utility connections. <clears throat> Reasonable effort shall be made to place all utility connections from the solar installation underground depending on appropriate soil conditions, shape and topography of the site, distance to the connection or other conditions or requirements. I. Outdoor storage. Only the outdoor storage of materials, vehicles, and equipment that directly support the operation and maintenance of the CSES shall be allowed. J. Endangered species and wetlands. Applicants shall seek natural resource cons consultation with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. <coughs> K. Weed control. Applicant must present an acceptable weed grass control plan for property inside and outside fenced area for the entire property. The operating company during the operation of the solar farm must maintain the fence and adhere to the weed control plan. L, cleaning chemicals and solvents. During operation of the proposed installation, all chemicals <coughs> and solvents used to clean photovoltaic, uh, I'm sorry, panels shall be in low, in, shall be low in voltage, volatile, excuse me, organic compounds, <coughs> and the operator shall use recyclable or biodegradable products to the extent possible. Any on-site storage of chemicals or solvents shall be referenced on the site plan. Two, avoidance and mitigation of damages to public infrastructure. A, road use agreements. All county roads that will be used for the construction and maintenance purposes shall be identified on the site plan. All routes for either ingress or egress shall be shown. The CWECS shall obtain 
applicable weight and size permits from the impacted road authorities prior to construction. The applicant must complete and provide a pre-construction baseline survey <coughs> of the county roads that will be used for construction construction purposes, including photographs to determine existing road conditions for assessing potential future damage due to developmental related traffic. The applicant shall provide a road repair plan to restore any county roads damaged during construction to a condition that is as close as reasonably possible to the conditions of the road shown in the pre-construction baseline survey. The applicant is responsible for ongoing road maintenance and dust control measures identified by the Henry County engineer in its reasonable discretion during all phases of construction. <coughs> 2B, required financial security. The applicant shall be responsible for restoring, restoring or paying damages as agreed to by the applicable road authorities sufficient to resolve the roads and bridges to pre-construction condition. Financial security in a manner approved by the Henry County Attorney's Office shall be submitted covering 130% of the cost of all required improvements. This requirement may be weighed by the Board of Adjustment by recommendations from the Henry County Engineer. Three, soil erosion and sediment control. The applicant agrees to conduct all road work and other site development work in compliance with the National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System, NPDES permit, as required by the State Department of Natural Resources and comply with requirements as detailed by the local, by local jurisdictional authorities during the plan submittal. If subject to the NPDES requirements, the applicant must submit the permit for review and comment in an erosion and sediment control plan before beginning construction. The plan must include both general best maintenance practices for temporary erosion and sediment control, both during and after construction, and permanent, dam permanent drainage and erosion control measures to prevent both damage to local roads and adjacent areas and sediment-laden runoff into waterways. Four, drainage systems. The applicant shall be responsible for immediate repair of drainage or pub to public drainage system systems stemming from construction, operation, or maintenance of the CSES. Right, but there's a duplicate paragraph right there, so I'll, I'll fix Just that. Just consider where we at, Joe. It says four and that says four. Oh, four. It's, it's it does. Sentence. I'm sorry. And in the next in the next sentence, and I know the previous reference is CWDS. It should be CSES. It's just typos. I'm, on I'll, I'll, I'll correct those. On four. Yeah, the next sentence is going to say CWDS. It should be CSES. Okay. It did that on the previous page. I'm mean, okay. correcting my typos. So okay. I'll correct those so that you know. Five, discontinuation and decommissioning. A CSES shall be considered a a discontinued use whoops, excuse me, after one year without energy production unless a plan is developed and submitted to the director outlining the steps and schedule for returning the CSES to the service. The CSES operator, the owner, excuse me, or representative shall provide the county with a notice of an abandonment as soon as practicable after the decision to discontinue the CSES. 5B, all CSES and accessory facilities shall be removed to four feet below ground level within 180 days of the discontinuation of use. Each CSES shall have a decommissioning plan outlining the anticipated means and cost of removing the CSES at the end of their serviceable life or upon being a discontinued use. 5C, the plan shall describe any agreement with the landowner regarding equipment removal upon lease termination. 5D, the cost estimates to decommission the CS, 
ES shall be made by a professional engineer licensed in the state of Iowa and approved by the county. A performance bond or equivalent financial instrument approved by Henry County shall be posted in an amount determined by Henry County. The bond shall be in favor of the Hen of Henry County in the amount of at least $1 million and shall contain a replenishment obligation. 5E, the county reserves the right to verify the adequate decommissioning terms as continued as contained in the landowner easement. 6-2-11-4, requirements for commercial wind energy conversion system with, within the alternate energy overlay district. One, general requirements for CWECS. A, color and finish. Wind turbines shall be painted a non-reflective color. Blades may be black in order to facilitate, facilitate the icing. Finishes shall be matte or non-reflective. At CWECS sites, the design of the buildings and related structures shall, to the extent reasonably possible, use materials, colors, textures, screening, and landscaping that will blend the CWECS to the natural setting and existing environment. Exceptions may be, ma may be made for meteorological towers where concerns exist relative to aerial spray applicators. B. Tower configuration. All wind turbines which are part of the CWECS shall be installed with a tubular monopole type tower. Meteorologically towers may be guide, 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 wires, excuse me, lighting. CWECS sites shall not be artificially lighted except to the extent required by the FFA, FAA or other applicable authority. Lighting, including lighting intensity and frequency of strobe, shall adhere but not be, but not exceed requirements established by the Federal Aviation Administration permits and regulations. Red strobe lights are preferred for nighttime illumination to reduce impacts on migrating birds. Red pulsating incandescent lights should, should be avoided. Exceptions may be made for meteorological towers where concerns exist to re relative to aerial spray applicators. D. Signage. The manufacturer or owner's company name and or logo may be placed upon the compartment containing the electrical generator of the CWECS. Wind turbines shall not be used for displaying any advertising except for reasonable identification of the manufacturer or operator of the CWECS sites. Feeder lines. <clears throat> All communications and feeder lines equal to or less than 34.5 kV in capacity installed as part of the CWECS shall be buried. Waste disposal. Solid and hazardous waste, including but not limited to crates, packaging materials, damaged or worn parts, as well as used oil and oils and lubricants shall be moved from the shall be removed from the site in a time period as established by the Henry County Health Department and disposed of in accordance with all applicable local, state, and federal regulations. G, minimum ground clearance. The blade tip of any wind turbine shall at its lowest point have ground clearance of no less than 50 feet. H, signal <coughs> interference. The applicant shall minimize and mitigate any interference with electromagnetic communications such as radio, telephone, or television signals caused by any CWECS. I, Federal Aviation Administration, all CWECS shall comply with FAA standards and permits. G, J, electrical codes and standards, all CWECS and accessory equipment and facilities shall 
shall comply with the National Electrical Code and other applicable standards. K setbacks. The following setbacks and separation requirements shall apply to all wind turbines and meteorological towers provided that the Board of Adjustment upon recommendation by the Commission may reduce the set standard setbacks and separation requirements if the intent of this ordinance would be better served thereby. <coughs> all other structures shall comply with the applicable setbacks as defined by the base zone district Stru uh, structures. Each wind turbine and meteorological tower shall be set back from the nearest resident, school, hospital, church, or public library, a distance no less than the greater of A, two times its total height, or B, 1,000 feet. Property lines. At no time shall any part of the wind turbine and meteorological tower overhanging an adjoining property without securing appropriate easements from adjoining property owners. Public right-of-way. Setbacks from public right-of-way, railroads, power lines, and structures shall be a minimum of 1.1 times the height of the tower and rotor. Communications and electrical lines. Each wind turbine and meteorological tower shall be set back from the nearest above-ground public electric power line or telephone, telephone line at a distance no less than 1.1 times its total height determined from the existing power line or telephone line. Noise. Audible noise due to CWECS site operations shall not exceed an average of 60 dBA measured over a 15-minute period when measured at least 25 feet from the outside wall of any dwelling, school, hospital, church, or public library existing on the date of approval of rezoning to the alternate energy overlay district. In the event audible noise due to CWECS operation contains a steady pure tone such as a whine, screech, or hum, the standards of audible noise set forth in the subparagraphs of this subsection shall be reduced by 5 dBA. In the event of ambient noise level, exclusive of the development in question, exceeds the applicable standard given above, the applicable standard shall be adjusted so as to equal the ambient noise level. The ambient noise level shall be expressed in terms of the highest whole number sound pressure level in DBA, which is succeeded for more than five minutes per hour. Ambient noise level shall be measured at the exterior of exterior of potential effects existing residences, schools, hospitals, churches, and public libraries. Ambient noise level measurement techniques shall employ all practical means of reducing the effect of wind-generated noise at the microphone. Ambient noise level measurements may be performed when wind velocities at the proposed project site are sufficient to allow wind turbine operation, provided that the wind velocity does not exceed 30 miles an hour at the ambient noise Measurement location. Ma'am, ma'am, if you're going to talk, would you step back out a little bit because it, it kind of funnels into here. The room, so. I think that's the people. Yeah, whoever's doing it out there, <laughs> it, it kind of echoes around. And, um. Okay, I'll proceed. In the event the noise level resulting from the CWECS exceed the criteria listed above, a waiver to said levels may be granted by the Board of Adjustment upon recommendation by the Commission provided that the following has been accomplished. Written consent from the affected property owners has been obtained stating that they are, they are aware of the CWECS and the noise limitation, limitations imposed by this ordinance and that consent is granted to allow noise levels to exceed the maximum limits otherwise allowed. 
and b if the applicant wishes the waiver to apply to succeeding owners of the property a permanent noise easement excuse me a permanent noise impact easement shall be recorded in the office of the henry county recorder which describes the burden properties and which advises all subsequent owners of the burden property that noise levels in excess of those permitted by this ordinance may exist on or at the burden property. Safety. All wiring between wind turbines and the CWECS substation shall be underground. If the applicant can demonstrate the need for an overhead line and the acceptance of landowners for this line, such a option may be approved conditionally by the Board of Adjustment. Wind turbines and meteorological towers shall not be climbable up to 15 feet above ground level. All access doors to wind turbines and meteorological towers and electrical equipment shall be locked when not being serviced. Appropriate warning signage shall be placed on all wind turbine towers, electrical equipment, and CWECS entrances. For all CWECS the manufacturer engineer or another qualified engineer shall certify that the turbine foundation and tower design of the CWECS is, with a, is within accepted professional standards given local soil and climate conditions. For all guide towers, visible and reflective objects such as plastic sleeves, reflectors, or tape shall be placed on the guy wire anchor points and along the outer and innermost guy wires up to a height of eight feet above the ground. Visible fencing shall be installed around anchor points of guy wires. The property owner must sign a notarized acknowledgement and consent form allowing construction of the turbine and guide wires without fencing as required by this ordinance to be presented to the commission and board of adjustment. Discontinuation and decommissioning. A CWECS shall be considered a discontinued use after one year within en without energy production unless a plan is developed and submitted to the director outlining the steps and schedule for returning the CWECS to service. The CWECS owner or representative shall provide the county with a notice of abandonment as soon as practicable, practicable after the decision to discontinue the CWECS. All CWECS and excuse me, accessory facilities shall be removed to four feet below ground level within 180 days of a discontinuous of discontinuation of use. Each CWECS shall have a decommissioning plan outlining the anticipated means and cost of re removing CWECS at the end of their serviceable life or upon becoming a discontinued use. The plan shall describe any agreement with the landowner regarding equipment removal upon lease termination. The cost estimates decommission the CWECS shall be made by a professional engineer licensed in the state of Iowa and approved by the county. The plan shall also identify the financial resources be available to pay for the decommissioning and removal of the CWECS and accessory facilities. A performance bond or in or equal equivalent financial instrument approved by Henry County shall be posted in a reasonable amount determined by Henry County. The bond shall be in favor of Henry County in the amount of at least $1 million and shall contain a replenishment obligation. The county reserves the right to verify the adequate reasonable decommissioning terms are contained in the landowner easement. 
avoidance, <coughs> excuse me, avoidance and mitigation of damages to public infrastructure. Road use agreements. All county roads that will be used for the construction and maintenance purposes shall be identified on the site plan. All routes for either in, in, ingress or egress shall be shown. The CWESC shall obtain applicable weight and size permits from the impacted road authorities prior to construction. The applicant must complete and provide a pre-construction baseline survey of the county roads that will be used for construction purposes, including photographs to determine existing road conditions for assessing potential future damage due to developmental related traffic. The applicant shall provide a road repair plan to restore any county roads damaged during construction to a condition that is as close as reasonably possible to the condition of the road shown on the pre-construction baseline survey. The applicant is responsible for ongoing road maintenance and dust control measures identified by the Henry County Ear Engineer in reasonable discretion during all phases of construction. B, drainage system. The applicant shall be responsible for immediate repair of damage to public drainage system, system stemming from construction, operation, or maintenance of the CWECS. Required financial security. Applicant shall be responsible for restoring or paying damages as agreed to by the applicable road authorities sufficient to restore the roads and bridges to pre-construction conditions. Reasonable financial security, which may consist of a bond, guarantee, or letter of credit in the form approved by Henry County Attorney's Office shall be submitted prior to the commencement of construction covering 130% of the cost of all repairs anticipated by the road repair plan submitted by the applicant. This requirement may be weighed by the Board of Adjustment by recommendation from the Henry County Engineer. 6-2-11-5 Ongoing Maintenance Maintenances and Waste Removal. One, maintenance, repair or replacement of a CSES or CWECS facility. Maintenance shall include but not be limited to painting, structural repairs, and integrity of security measures. Site access shall be maintained to a levelable, level accessible to emergency response officials. Any retrofit replacement or refurbishment of equipment shall adhere to all applicable local, state, and federal requirements. Maintenance, repair, or replacement of a CSES or CWECS facility. Maintenance shall include but not be limited to painting, structural repairs. Oops, we got another. Yeah, we got another. B, waste. All solid waste, whether generated from supplies, equipment parts, packaging, operation, or maintenance or replacement from all from any and all parts of the CSES or CWECS shall be removed from the site and disposed of in a man in an appropriate manner. All hazardous waste generated by the operation, initial construction, excuse me, all hazardous waste generated by the operation, initial construction shall be removed from the site within 12 months. Waste generated by ongoing operation, maintenance, or replacement of any and all parts shall be removed from the site within 60 days. All hazardous waste shall be removed from the site immediately and disposed of in a manner consistent with all local, state, and federal requirements. Right. Six. That, that first hazardous waste should not be there. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. okay. That's, that's I read that and I think that doesn't yeah, sound. No, it doesn't. We'll, we'll correct that. Okay. 6-2-11-6 indemnification and liability. The applicant owner 
and or operator of the CSES or CWECS project shall defend, indemnify, and hold harmless the county of Henry in its official form and against any and all claims, dem claims, demands, losses, suits, causes of action, damages, injuries, costs, expenses, and liabilities whatsoever, including attorney fees without limitation, arising out of actions or omissions of the applicant, owner, and or operator associated with construction and or operation of the CSES or CWECS project. <coughs> The repealer, all other ordinances are part of ordinances in conflict with the provisions of this ordinance are hereby repealed. So I, I'll finish up and then we'll go back here. Uh, severability clause. If any section provision or part of this ordinance shall be adjudged, in, adjudged invalid or unconstitutional, such adjudication shall not affect the validity of, uh, validity of the ordinance as a whole or any part thereof not adjudged invalid or unconstitutional. When effective, the ordinance shall be effective after its final passage, approval, and publication by law. Okay, I have this this is not the first reading. Let me let me make that adamantly clear. Even though I read the ordinance, okay, the proposed change to our current ordinance. <coughs> The first reading was not supposed to take place until, but we have a large number of citizens of the county here, and it's, we are, excuse me, we are in public hearing. So, I'm going to have Mark and Chad and Joe, I would like comment from the public, I would like it to be concise and limited, since the number of people we have here is a little overwhelming. All right, we don't normally have this many people at our meetings. But thanks for coming. State your name. Yes, please state your name and um, whomever. Diana? My name is Diana Burden, and um, the appreciate being able to come. Um, there's so many limitations that I see that's not good. For one, um, they're dependent upon the weather and there was one local wind turbine that was put up not too far from us and the blades blew off multiple times. There's nothing that isn't going to have weather damage out here. We're dependent upon the wind, but it can't run all the time. People get in to the contracts and they can't get out of them if they sell their property. Um, that's not a good use of our land. Um, also, the fact that the property is surrounding them, they're dependent upon what the company does. And the company isn't even local. And um, they, they could go bankrupt. So I don't support this. And I will allow my chair to go to someone else. Thank you. Public, we're in public hearing. Uh, Leland Graver. I ran into a guy the other day and said he wished he had a place to put a windmill, and I asked him why. He said the money, and I think that's the only reason people sign up. They, they're not considered their family, friends, neighbors. Uh, down the road, what are they going to do if somebody wants to buy a part of their land and build? Uh, they don't want to live by that thing. And uh, what, what's it going to do to the environment, the wildlife, livestock? You know, I got it. You read your ordinance, 
but I don't think that's going to cover everything. It's, uh, it's going to be a problem, and uh, I, I don't know if anybody wants to live in the county with those things. So. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Eric LaFollette. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that we're, I'm just finding out about all this that's been going on for a while. Yeah. Literally, my property will be surrounded by these. I wouldn't be able to sit on my porch without staring at these things. And if I'd known, and the neighboring property was never listed for sale. It suddenly changed hands to some investor in Maryland that signed on for this. I would have bought the land if I'd known it was going to be going to this. You know, it's like, you know, I'm just real disappointed. Did, did, haven't you heard about this? And what are our options going to be? You know, if you don't want to, I don't want to sit on my front porch and stare at these things. Okay, thank you. Can I say something to that? I'm Donna Preston, and it, it's been over a year ago, hadn't it, that the wind towers came in here and talked uh, to, to several of the companies? Yeah, yeah. And it was, but it, I don't know why you're not hearing about it because I came to several of those meetings. It was in the in their minutes and in their <coughs> agendas. You know. People need to pay a little more attention to what's going on around, and you know it's already a done deal. We're just adjusting the ordinance. Is that correct? Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't even know about it right now. There's an ordinance on the book right now. Yes. What okay. this ordinance would do, provided we approve it, okay, after three readings, would it would change or amend the ordinance to meet the guidelines which I had just read. Okay, so I have one more question. Are you sure four feet is low enough to have them remove that? Yes, I thought it was more than that. Your public comment. It 95% of this ordinance already exists. Right, but there are, there, there, there are tweaks to this ordinance. Most of this is already on the books. We've made a few slight adjustments um, to, to the language. Um, and I referred to it, in, it's in book page 262. Are in in book yeah books two sixty six at page one. The, the, the current the current. current ordinance is, is online in our in our code of ordinances and this proposed change is also online so you can look at both of them and go through them and see the changes are. Yes, Hi, I'm Dorothy Winger and I would like confirmation of how tall these are actually going to be because the ones that we're seeing like in Illinois and Northern Iowa and Minnesota, like those are 300 feet. And from what I've heard, these are 650 from tip to base. And I want confirmation on that because that's taller than the arch in St. Louis. I understand. I, I want to make it clear to start with, there is no application for wind farms at this point. I know that they're, they're looking at options and so on and they're doing their research, but we don't have any legal application for anything at this point. So there's nothing official on the books. So there's no nothing official on the height of these turbines. Seven, about 700 feet. There's, as far as the county is oh, concerned, 700 is, feet. Wow, that's that's a lot taller. Until we get an, an actual application, there is nothing official. Once we get once we have an actual application for a wind farm, it will state the height and the separation distances and all these other things listed in the ordinance. But so the point, people that signed on really don't have any idea how tall that wind turbine they, they, is going to be? They That's may, just like they, they, they may, but as, as far as the county is concerned, we don't have anything official. But it, there is no application for a wind farm. 
there's talk of one. They're they're taking out easements for one. It may it, you know it may come to an application. It probably will, <coughs> but you know until that's officially on our desk, we don't have anything official to apply this ordinance to. Okay. Yes, Matt, can you address that at all? What yeah. the height of the turbines in this area would be? Yeah, definitely. So we look at different models. Uh, sorry, I'm Matthew Spock, Panicha, the developer for RWE and for this project. Um, so with wind farms out there. They're not all the same make and model manufacturer. You have GE, General Electric, American Company, you have Vestas, that's a Netherlands company. In our fleet, we have, I believe, 35 wind projects, over 3,200 turbines in that fleet. Half of them are GE turbines. Those are from 2008 until we just used some that were um, 650 foot in New York. Uh, New York. That's called Barron Winds. So depending on the market, what's available, we could be using GE, we could be using Vestas, but if their models are different, maybe we're using a 4.5 turbine, maybe we're using a, a 5.0. If you use a higher turbine capacity, like a 5.0 at 650, we only need maybe 55 turbines rather than, say, a uh, same manufacturer GE at a 3.4, you're looking at about 500 feet, but you need, say, close to 100 of them. So would you rather have more turbines or less turbines with an increase in height? And when you're looking, it could be negligible when you're looking at a horizon. So to your question, we do not know until when we are applying uh, for the application, we'll know at that time what manufacturer we would be using, what's available on the market at that time. May I ask yep. a question? That the towers that you have out now that are measuring, and you use, <coughs> please use a word because it's eluding me. Measuring the winds at the present time, will they also be helping you make that determination as to the height of the towers as well as the number of towers? Yep, correct. So those are meteorological towers. There's two out there right now, um, one west of Old, uh, 218 and 78, and then the other one is on 78 just south of Winfield. Those are measuring uh, different distant heights um, because on there you have the wind uh, direction, um, pressure, wind speed, and all that equipment will measure at different heights all the way up to, you know, I don't know the tip, but we can go 650, definitely get those wind measurements there. You had a question first, I'm sorry. <coughs> okay, my son has hearing aids. He's, uh, my wife has hearing aids and I have hearing aids. I don't have mine but, uh What's the effect on all that? I mean, the, the sound, the noise, all that. I've been reading up on that, and I've heard that that's actually not, not good for, you know, hearing aids, you know, people with hearing aids, or uh, the, the, the light, you know, the, the flashing from the, from the wind blow blades going around, or, you know, you're sitting in your house in the middle of the night and get your windows open, trying to catch that nice summer breeze, and here you are, your room keeps flashing red. I mean, that's, that just don't sound very feasible to me. And I'm actually looking for buying a piece of property out in the country, and I don't want any of these near me at all. I mean, there's actually uh, some places stating, stating that you should be 300 kilometers away from these towers, which is 1.8 miles for your house to be. Yeah. So what's what's the actual? I mean, you can be two, 300 feet, or are you supposed to be 1.8 miles away from your resident or with your resident? So are we are we doing a Q and A because we can respond yeah, to some of these? Yeah. No, it's really it's just public comment, okay. and it's 
in regards to the ordinance, which I just read. Okay, Linda Sharp, and um, I, I'm a teacher 50 plus years, so I want to make this really understood because I want to make sure I understand what you say. Some of these people are going to, are they going to do this no matter what, or are you guys going to determine if anyone's going to do it? Are some of these people already, they're going to <coughs> definitely have it no matter what we say, or is it still on the table if this will go? In other words, if more people don't want it, we, do we have any say? We, we this, the, the board here, whenever this comes in front of us, if it comes in front of us, yeah, it comes to planning and zoning, and then they bring their recommendation to us, either a yay or an A. We do have the final say as to whether to approve it or disapprove it. So this board, the Board of Supervisors, has the final say. After it goes, if they take, take out permits or whatever to start the process, okay, goes to P and Z, okay, and they say yay, okay, then it comes to us with their recommendation. If they say nay, it will come to us. Who does the average citizen then talk to if they're in favor of it or not in favor of it? How do we make our voice known? Greg, I, I, sure, go ahead. We receive an application. But when, I, when I receive that, I will schedule a hearing with Planning and Zoning Commission. That will be a public hearing open to everyone they will hold that public hearing. They're required by law to hold one public hearing. I'm assuming based on the number of people here, there will probably be several public hearings. How many is that? That will probably be determined by the crowd and how many people, how many people need to hear everybody. Once they've heard everything, they will make a recommendation. Uh, yes, no, yes with modifications, it will depend. Whatever that recommendation <laughs> is, will come to the Board of Supervisors. By law, they are required to hold one public hearing, which they will do, and they can hold as many as they want. If you want to hold 10 public hearings, you can hold as many as, as you like, but there'll be at least one, and I'm assuming multiple. Um, after the end of those public hearings, they will do a first reading, just like the first reading for this, there'll be a first reading to rezone to this over overlay district, first reading, second reading, third reading, before it's final. So there will be, by law, there's a minimum of, of five five meetings to pass this by law. By, by reality, it's probably going to be many times that. So just to sum it up, you're saying this is not a done deal? No. No, no it's not a done deal. No. Okay, that's what I need to comprehend. Thank you very much. And, and one thing with what Joe said, the accessibility of the meetings, I would, I for one, for would like to see some scheduled in, in alternate times of the day. Uh, most everybody here is working, working class people uh, have some of those meetings scheduled at different times to allow attendance by those people. We have in the past also things like this. We could even go to, you know, community center, Winfield, you know, at different locations nearby to hold several different hearings. So those are always options. We don't have to have them here. We can 
compare the times and locations too. We, we'll have, we can have as many as we need to get everyone heard. Is everyone hearing what Joe is telling, saying? Okay. Yes, sir. Well, are you going to take uh, your name, Paul Miller, from okay. the Mountain Thank Union? Are you going to take a consensus of the people here in this room? Yes or yay or no, yay or nay, with any of our opinions of what we think today. This is the place to, to speak about any of the ordinances that you hear, pro or con, either way. You don't speak of the ordinances that you're reading. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not really for it. So, but I just wondered if you're going to get the yay or nay of everybody in this room or not. In the building. I don't think we're. That's not the that's not the purpose here. Okay. I, I guess I would encourage or recommend, if you wish, to give your opinion, your yes or no, mm. against or for the project. You are welcome to email the supervisors at henrycountyiowa.us. We they're in our system, so yay or nay, uh, we can then do an accounting of that personally. Uh, rather than count 15 people here, or 26 over here, four or yay, yay or nay, uh, that or you could send it also to Joe Buffington, uh, Jay Buffington at HenryCountyIowa.us. So we appreciate you, your input on behalf of the, all the citizens in the county. Pass, uh, both pass them around the email from there. I just want to be on record saying we're representing RWE with these proposed changes that have been approved, excuse me, by your board uh, supervisor and planning commission to you. Um, I do approve or recommend your approval for this ordinance as written. Yes, sir. They can only found on the Henry County Iowa website. Yeah. I just, just a clarification okay. back to your ordinance. Um, you talked about disassembling of a unit or taking it down a year after it's no longer in your use and then there was 180 days was that a year then it starts the clock on 180 days uh, if it's if it's been not if it's not been generating electricity for a year and some of it also questions because it's not necessarily obvious you know it may come to my attention Six months after it stopped generating, and and I'll start the year clock at that point. But once we determine that it officially hasn't operated for a year, um, we're assuming they're going to tell us anyway. But in right. case that they don't, once that year ends, we will notify them they have to disassemble it, and they will have 180 days to remove that. Also, a comment was made about the four feet deep or taking it down everything down to four foot below ground. I think that's a little short. I'm thinking five or six would be a better number. I'm gonna, I, I think I have a lady and Roger. I'm not sure who was first. Go ahead, lady in the back. Um, this in, is in trivial, name, but, oh, I'm sorry, Ellen Spence. This is kind of trivial, but our land that they're looking at, border Skunk River, and there's eagle's nests on Skunk River. So what do they do if they, go ahead with it and they get down there and there's an eagle's nest up there. That would, that would basically fall under your federal, 
I think it's migratory birds. Bird. Bird. Migratory birds. US Probably U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Wildlife Service. Management. Okay. Roger. Roger Sharp. I agree with what Mr. Graber said back here a while ago, 100% about concerning effects on humans, the effect on the habitat, the effect on the animals that are in the area, whether it be ground animals, flying animals, or whatever. I think it's going to have a terrible, terrible effect on all of these things. And one other thought is, where's the electricity that's generated from these going? Is it going to Winfield? Is it going to Mount Pleasant? It doesn't stay here. There's it going to Chicago? I can, I can answer that. Um, so electricity works. It goes in the path of least resistance. So it hits a substation. If it's owned by a line or any other company co-op that's here as well, at that substation, if the utility is, if the energy is needed, it's going to disperse on the utility lines that to homes, to businesses here. Now it's creating so much energy, and maybe not all of it is needed here. So it will maybe go onto the grid, but it's MISO. MISO covers North Dakota. Or sorry, um, MISO covers Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, and parts of Missouri. Energy can go anywhere within there. So it hits the grid. It, it can be dispersed. It's not like coal energy hits the grid and it's going to one place. It's being dispersed as well. So the energy here that's generating can power these very lights in this room. There's going to be so much that it can go, yeah, to Burlington, elsewhere. So yes and no to your question. And no one can officially, we're just selling the commodity to whoever wants to buy it. If it's a company here in Mount Pleasant or Burlington, whoever wants to buy our energy, we will sell it to you. Okay. So yes and no to your uh, Jacob Nye from New London. Um, I think you guys covered a lot of things in your ordinance here as far as setbacks for both solar and wind. I mean, I know there's a lot of concerns with these projects out there. One that I do not see, and I know it probably wouldn't be covered in an ordinance, but upon approval of any application, uh, utilization of local labor. Uh, if, if we are going to build these projects, let's make sure it's us building them. So. Jeff Olson, uh, we and, and my cousins who I farm with and have signed up, uh, we had an extensive uh, analysis of this company. I'm, I'm the reputation of this company. I think they are going to follow what they say. They're going to do what they say. Uh, we also were concerned with the the people that work for them. Um, my wife Gail, who's testifying the farm bill today, couldn't be here, but she went on the trip and was very impressed with the way they treated their employees in the Illinois wind farm they did. That is important to us. <coughs> Sorry, I Thank will you. like to say if anyone wants to go to a wind farm, we have a facility, a nice one, 2017 built um, in Decatur, Illinois. If you're for the project, against it, supervisors, I welcome anyone. We had in, I believe it was September 2022, about 30 landowners that um, some of them signed on to the project, some did not, but I'm just glad people came out to witness um, a wind farm for yourself. Talk to our operations, our operation manager as well. I'll take you down the access road to a turbine. We'll open up the doors, let you go inside, let you talk. And not, I'm probably raising my voice more than you need to underneath the turbine. I have videos of it I can share. I'll take you out there um, and you can see how we can turn a turbine off in less than two minutes and start it back up in two minutes. But you're more than welcome. Just uh, come up to me after. Hotel are those turbines in Decatur, Illinois? Those are, I want to say, Bestis 3.4s, 492 height, 492 feet. 
Okay, and so those are 3.4. Oh, no, but that's from 2017. So as innovation okay. moves out forward, we're looking at newer models. But it makes a difference. Um, the higher you go, I mean, it will make a difference generating more electricity, less sound because it's higher up in the air. It's gonna, you're not going to hear it as much from the ground. So yes, there's differences um, in many different aspects. Yes. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bill Crawford, uh, you just stated the noise would be less the taller they are at the ground level. Well, it depends on the make and model. Then yeah. why does the ordinance change to get the blade lower to the ground? Because it captures more uh, energy, because the blade's longer, it's going to generate more energy, and that would help us with not having as many turbines out there. But doesn't stand to reason if it's lower to the ground, it's going to create more turbulence and noise at that level, I'm where we have our ears open. So, so I'm Julie Drennan, I'm the outreach manager for RWE for this project. Um, I think we're referring to like the, the nacelle, like the motor, like so, so technically the most sound should be coming from that, so that will be higher up. But the blade, I mean with the blade length, I have not heard of increasing noise on the ground from increased blade length. What about the generator? Don't these all have ground-mounted generators? No. The, so there's the a transformer. Yeah, so the generator where it's producing electricity is up in the nacelle, and that's where the sound comes from. Yeah, there's a whoosh, you know, I, there's a perceived um, slower blades as they get longer, so the whoosh sound um, is different. I think some people think it sounds a little um, lower, you know, a little more calming, actually. Um, so that's a benefit to the longer blades as well, but um, yeah, there's the transformer on the ground does not make noise. That's just to move the electricity. Yes, sir. Clinton Garrett, and let's just say that this does go through, and my neighbor built one. Can any eminent domain be used on my property mm -hmm. at all? No. And no eminent domain is used for this project. This is all voluntarily. If a landowner says they don't want to sign up, you go to someone else. Yes, sir. Can I play just a little bit, little video clip of the sound of the blades going around sure. at sixteen hundred feet away? Sure. I mean, no, I, don't. Oh, I, I can't really, do that. We're really talking about the ordinance. Yeah, well, the, the longer is, the blade is, the lower is the ground, the, the more noise it's going to make. I mean, that's just plain the, and simple. This is what the public comment. Okay. They want longer so, blades. So, so on the ordinance, the fact that you're going to the trouble to do this, you pretty much it's going to happen, or you guys wouldn't be no changing one, the ordinance. No one's right? It's not a done deal. There's been no, no vote even on changing the ordinance at this point in time. Go ahead, Derek. Uh, Derek Mullen, and thank you, Joe, and the supervisors for explaining the process here some. Um, as far as the ordinance goes, I am in, not in favor of decreasing the minimum ground clearance from 75 feet to 50 feet. And the setback distances, I would be in favor of a, a half mile from a residence and a mile from a town or a municipality. My question is, you guys are not taking action on this today, is that correct? The correct. Lower readings? correct, that's correct. All right, thank you guys. This is just, this is just the first public hearing. Behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. 
uh, Lynn Humphreys, and I'm on Lexington near Olds, between Olds and Winfield, so basically 218 and 78, just to kind of give you a perspective. If you look at the map, my husband and I own the four acres, so there's a little white dot surrounded by a lot of color. And uh, so my concern, because we own the property, operate a business there, we live there, have resided there for 30-ish years, almost 30 years. So we've built quite a business there. We've restored a 1905 farmhouse, a lot of money invested in that multiple times. I, I know the interest in the wind because we've been damaged multiple times and had to repair it multiple times, most recently this year, or within the last year. So um, I've got those concerns. I've also got concerns, even though it's addressed in the ordinance about the um, the radio waves. Want to get my favorite KILJ in there, of course. But um, the internet, um, all those services that certainly impact the way that we do things daily. And I see that they're they're in there, but I'm not convinced that that's all going to be resolved because we have enough control, uh, enough concerns right now even living in the country the way it is with getting services. You can ask my children who are just home from college about the internet and the service. So um, those are all my concerns. You started off, I think in the ordinance, it talked about protects property values. And so my concern is what does that do to protect my four acres that is surrounded by farm ground when I want to sell it and like this gentleman, so stated he may want to buy a property in the country he's not going to buy it he's not going to buy mine when it's surrounded by turbines and that's our investment you know we've lived there 30 years we put all of our hard work and money into that and I've got a big concern with that and back to I appreciate Jeff's comments about um, the way that they treated their employees but I did reach out to Matthew a week eight days ago, he responded promptly and told me that um, there were agents always in the area and they would reach out. Mm -hmm. I've yet to hear from them, so I can only believe that's because I'm four acres and I'm not of interest. And so that concerns me a little bit. Any further comments? <coughs> otherwise, okay, one. Uh, Holly Jones, I just wanted to <clears throat> express my concern as someone who is in an interesting position as a property owner on Henry County and Washington County. Uh, our home <coughs> is on the Washington County side, and um, I know we're Henry County here, but uh, I'm worried for all of my, uh, my uh, neighbors in Washington County who aren't getting any voice in this when there's some property that's literally right up next to, to where our house that's being con considered for this. Um, so that's one concern that I have. The second is that I'm a business owner and we invite uh, folks onto our property in Washington County as a flower farm. Uh, part of our business model is that we have photographers come and take pictures of our beautiful sunsets that uh, overlook the landscape that could now be permanently changed. And uh, another point of concern is that, you know, as a fifth generation living on this farm that we are letting a company, respectfully, you all are doing a wonderful job articulating your points today, that is coming from outside of our county, outside of our area, to dictate how our land is going to be used. 
I respect that landowners are consenting to the use of their land, but this is a long-term change to our home, to our home, to our business, to our families that have been here for generations. And it just breaks my heart that this is how, that, we're, that we are being influenced like this as a community by an outside corporation. The, the last point, um, I forget the last point I was going to make there, but I, I, just, I, I just can't help but think that we, we're not thinking about thinking through on how this is going to impact the, the long-term value of our, of our properties and, and the families that are, are living on them. Oh, I know the last thing I was going to say. Um, the thing that your ordinance really fails to capture is the quality of life that's going to be impacted. I see the decibels. I see the, um, I see all the the numbers that are written in there, and you know, very, um, I think, thoroughly explained. But uh, you know, talking about listening to the wind blowing at night, um, I, I don't want to hear the low decibels of a wind turbine. I want to hear the birds. I want to hear the, the wind blowing, the corn blowing all around it. I don't want that. Um, so as respectfully, as much as this ordinance is you know, very uh, clear on what it can and can't do, it, it speaks volumes for what it can't articulate. And that's the quality of life in, in our rural county. Thank you. I would reiterate if anyone has questions or yays, nays, however you want to put it, uh, please email us, please email Joe, uh, go to the, uh, should get to the point where RWE brings forth uh, a permitting process to go through the process, go to those public meetings, because that's the place where your voice is heard. I know it's, I'll just say, We've never had this many people at our meetings in my 11 plus years, serving as supervisors. And I don't know Mark can speak. It is it is a monumental change to the landscape of the county if it takes place. Go ahead, Mayor. Diane Mayor. So you're saying at the next meeting we can address some of these concerns and hear their their reply to them because we're not. I think there's a lot of misinformation, quite frankly. <coughs> You can. Okay, thank you. Could we offer to just, you know, I know, and you guys had a, the great idea of doing a town hall in October of 2022. We would gladly do another town hall. So if, if we want to have a Q&A, we're open to that for sure. Just a couple more okay. and then we're going to close. So, Go ahead, okay. sir. So, 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 Brian Messer, I'm a landowner. Um, I've got many, many comments to address some of the comments being made, but that's not the forum. We're here about the ordinance. Right. So as the ordinance is stated, I support it. Okay, thank you. Yes, I would just like to hear from some of the people that actually have the wind farm <coughs> as you go to, there's a bunch of uh, those as you go from, what, what road is that? I-80 going to Moorhead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and no, even more local, over toward New London, isn't there? <coughs> But it'd be nice to hear from people that actually live around that. And I think That's Matthew has brought up that he is more than willing to 
take people over there. I mean, you'll have to connect with them to come here, though. Okay, but some people you, that have lived around it, I, human beings, sure, little people. I, I understand that. Okay. Because if you took you on site, you would also be able to hear it. Yeah. Be able to hear the noises that they're generating at their terminals. Mm -hmm. So, any other landowners that want these built on your property is, I mean, what is your reasoning for wanting them? Uh, why? Is it is it just the money? Is that it? Better than a hog supply. There's still hog supplies everywhere. One at a time here. One at a time. Okay. My name is Marilyn Young. I'm a landowner. I thoroughly researched this because around our farm we have family and close friends and live there forever. And I went to Illinois, and we have a son that lives in the midst of a wind farm for years now. Downs, Illinois, um, his school system benefits so much from this, and his county, um, they can explain how much we will get. I'm more thinking money for Henry County, um, noise factor. I drove up to a windmill, got out, stood under it. I, the windmill was going fast. I did not hear this loud sound. Um, now. Um, we live in town, and some of our family lives on our farm. Um, we put up with coal trains going through this town that are so loud every day, and I didn't hear any noise. I even walked around and tried to find dead birds. I didn't find one dead bird. I went to New London and went to there under their little windmill and then I even went to the office and said have you had any complaints from any of the people that live around there on this and they said no so I researched this company I spent months and I'm doing it because I know we need coal for energy I know we need wind energy we do not need wind energy well that's no, your we do not need wind energy no, you have comments in regard to the ordinance? No. Otherwise, I'm going to uh, ask to go out of public hearing. I would entertain a motion to go out of public hearing. So move. Do I have a second? There's a, a couple comments I, I would like to ask because okay. I, I don't know. When it comes to the lighting issues, is there something about aircraft proximity? thing where they can turn those on when an aircraft is in that general proximity and then they go off yes sir so it's actually being reviewed by the FAA right now that was submitted that technology in 2017 so it's still being reviewed um, and if that's something that you want to put into your ordinance we would do that um, and yes that system would that's in every aircraft today um, it would notify uh, one or two of our towers on the outskirts would have that system and if an aircraft gets within 30 nautical miles they start blinking but if there's no aircraft then they will go black and there are wind farms with this technology up already so um, you'll go drive through and you don't see them blink at night does that include uh, helicopters and air care because we have quite a bit of that traffic yes then on on a feeder line it, it looked like it was specifically put out that uh, on feeder lines uh, equal to or less than 34.5 kw 
I think that's 34 point or 34,500 volts, right? Yep. Is there a reason that would not be buried? That is buried. It, it is buried. Yep. And you, it's common to bury that one just under the frost line. So. Okay. That's perfect. <coughs> Okay, I have a motion on the floor. No, Do I, you need a second. I know. I'm asking for a second. Motion on the floor. I'm asking for a second to go out of public hearing. I'll make that motion. All right. Second, second motion. I have motion and second on the floor to go out of public hearing. Any discussion? The only thing I would like to discuss, there's things that have not been brought up today that I'm concerned about from the county's perspective, and that is bonding, the same signal on bonding. So I will make sure we'll address that at a later date. All right, all those in favor of going out of public hearing respond saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same signal. I want to thank everyone for coming. Again, if you have any questions, yeas, nays. On the floor, the room empty now. Okay. Right. Is this going to be the, the only public hearing on there? Yes, it is the only public hearing on first, it. We'll have the readings. What would you like to do first? first I would like to wait on that because I need to clarify some of the bonding questions that I have. Gives you a week, two weeks, two weeks on the 15th. First, first reading of the 15th of February. What do you, what's on the agenda? Thank you everyone for coming. As you can see, there was a lot of passion, a lot of information, all about windmills here at the Henry County Courthouse in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. And uh, you have to see it all, hour and seven plus minutes. There's more to come. It's not over yet. If you are concerned or you have questions, you heard ways to, to uh, get your answers. So I encourage you to, to uh, look into that. I also want to thank our sponsors, Griner Auto Body, Car Doctor, McDonald Boneyard, Hinshaw Trailer Sales, Girling Repair, B&B Propane, and the family of Jet Stops. I'm your host, John Bain. Stay friendly, Southeast Iowa.